that is a tricky way not to show up in people pleasing, not to show up in manipulation, trying to manipulate so that your client likes you so that they feel or think something. It's really none of your business. You want to make it about who you are as a business owner, who you are as a company. Welcome to Sincerely Future You, a podcast that helps ambitious women like you make decisions today with the future you in mind. You're listening to the Sincerely Future You podcast. This is episode 203. Can you believe it? We're talking about CEO drama today. We're talking about when you screw up. Whether you are a beginner business owner or someone who's been doing this for decades, you've screwed up in your business. It's just a part of the game. We fail. We collect failures. We eat that shit for breakfast. So today we're talking about what do you do? Who you are and how you show up when you screw up is going to determine whether you have a higher return rate of clients, whether you have higher reviews. The screwing up part, that's a part of the game. It's inescapable. But how you show up when you screw up is very important. Let's dive into it. But before we dive into the topic, of course, we got to get hype, get your body going. If you're in the shower, you know, just like, pump your fists up into the air. If you're driving like 10 and two, keep your hands on the wheel, but still just like maybe shimmy your shoulders, whatever it is. We're getting hype because when you are hype, you tend to absorb information in a more powerful way. And you're going to want to absorb every word of this episode today. In our hype sesh, we are talking about getting paid from yourself. Part of owning a business, it's making money. And I fully believe in reinvesting profits. In fact, I reinvested definitely more than 50% of my gross revenue my first year, my second year, I believe my third year, and I still reinvest 50% of the profits now. But you got to get paid on top of it. I don't care if you start your salary at $50 a week. But if you stay with your business and personal accounts mingled, if you just pay yourself what's left over, or worst of all, if you stay scared to pay yourself at all, you're keeping your business and your future self small. I want you to think of paying yourself as a bill. And for some of you guys, you're already doing this, paying yourself the same amount consistently each week, in which case you get to spend this hype sesh just patting yourself on the shoulder, being like, "Mm -mm, I'm killing it, even if other areas you're failing, you're killing it, okay? But if you're not doing this yet, Also, this isn't a shame party. You never use my podcast episodes to beat yourself up. We only use them to say, oh, and then we grow, we learn, and we move forward. So you're going to think about paying yourself as if it's just a bill, as if it's paying your Canva bill or your website hosting fee, or if you have a brick and mortar, it's paying your rent. You're going to put it on auto pay. And in order to do this, yes, you need to have a business account and a personal account. It doesn't have to be fancy. You can go back and listen to the podcast episode where I talked about having a business credit card and all of those more strategic things. But really, this is a mindset thing. Because when you put paying yourself on auto pay, even if you're starting at $50 a week, you then get to reassess at the end of a month or three months or six months and give yourself a raise. This is not about bankrupting your business. That's not what I'm saying to do. This is about building self-trust. It's about legitimizing yourself as an employee of your business. 
what would you do if you had to pay an employee tomorrow and you didn't have the funds? You'd make it happen, right? You wouldn't be like, okay, it's five o'clock, time to clock it in. You'd call everyone that's outstanding and make sure that they paid the balances that were due. You'd sell something, you'd get scrappy, you'd put it on a credit card, whatever you would have to do, right? Move things around. Are you showing up that way to pay yourself? You deserve it. If you're thinking of yourself as a CEO, we want to make sure that you are thinking about your business as if you're growing it into something you could sell. Men think about their business this way way more often. But women, I don't think we have these same conversations about, am I growing an asset? And if you are growing an asset, it needs to be something that is showing that you are able to pay yourself. So start wherever you need to start conservatively. And then we're going to continue to give yourself a raise. Do this to build yourself confidence and to put some money in your bank. Let's go. Now it is time to talk about the real deal when you screw up. I know such a fun topic, right? But actually this episode should make you feel safe to fail. It should make you feel like there is a plan so that you're not going in afraid that you're going to create a situation that you can't get out of because there's no such thing. You absolutely always have a next step and a future move, even and especially when you screw up. So I want to talk about a specific example in my own business where I screwed up And I want to just give you the exact circumstances so that you can see how I handled it, but mostly how I thought about it behind the scenes. So I was in the process of transitioning over from the year. I've I've experimented with a lot of different payment plans in 2023. And one of them was this idea of having a pre-pre-enrollment where people could you know, sign on and create a deposit payment that would reserve them into the next round. Now, if someone was in my current round and they paid a deposit, it created a duplicate account for them. This also happened another time within three weeks of each other where I decided spontaneously, I want to do a one-on-one week with my group. And so I had my assistant be like, have them schedule a one-on-one call. That duplicated accounts in the back end of my system. So I had three or four clients that had duplicate accounts. And I was like, okay, we just need to delete their duplicate account. And we talked to our customer service department about it. They told us what to do. I gave my assistant the go ahead. She deleted the account. It all looked good, except for that two of those people were no longer getting calendar reminders for the calls. One of them heavily relies on her schedule, which is one of the things that I teach my clients to do, right? Rely on your schedule so that you don't have to be thinking, what am I doing next? What am I doing next? And so she missed two calls. And she noticed that when she missed the first call, that the second call wasn't on her calendar. And she thought it was weird. But she was like, is there a call? I don't see a zoom link. Um, And she sent an email then she sent me a text message. I did not get the email or the text message before the call. And I, instead of sending out an email, we put it in the Facebook group to notify people that, hey, it looks like some of you don't have the link. Everyone else got it, but this one girl. And she missed the calls. And she was really upset. The reason this was happening was because she had 
double down in her investment with me. I would be pissed too, right? She's like, hey, what's the deal? Like, I am putting my future right in, I'm, I'm investing in you. And I seem to not be benefiting from it, right? Just in this one instance, not in general, she's actually obviously a raving fan of the Masterful CEO school and the program. That's why she's coming back for another round. The truth was, is that it was just an error on our end. So what did I do? First of all, I freaked out for a second. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Sometimes the first thing that you do is to have a human experience. So I made room for that. I was pissed. I sent a text to my assistant and I was like, Oh my God, we messed up. Like, uh, I, I don't like this. We have to write this. We want to fix this. So I just recognized and I owned the fact that I messed up. So step one, when you mess up, just own it right? But the reason I was like, why was I able to do that and fix it so quickly? And I'll tell you exactly what I did. I think it's because and I came up with this process for you, this five step process of what do you do when you screw up? And it's really a thought process. So number one, I look at where was the error? Was the error an oversight on my part? Was it something that I did in terms of not showing up or miscommunicating or something like that? In this case, I didn't follow through quickly enough, or maybe I could have double checked my email before the call. But I think I had my back on that. I don't think it was really like me or the process, but it definitely was me making spontaneous decisions and being willing to let things be a little bit messy. Again, I decided I want to have my own back on that. I don't want to be scared to be able to offer my clients new things or come up with new ideas just because of failure. I was willing to have that happen. And so when I looked at what the error was, it really was one of the types of failures that I'm willing to collect. I could clean up a little bit in terms of, okay, make sure that once I did realize that there were some issues and some glitches and one person wasn't getting the link, I should just put my assistant on making sure that all of that is worked out and everyone has the call so I could cover all the bases there. So I'll do that in the future. And then the second thing is you have to take your self-worth off the table. When I was coaching that same day, I went in and was coaching in the splash pad where it's a more beginning beginner level. It's people that are at like zero to 50K in revenue. And a habit in that room, because they're less familiar and less seasoned in failing, is that when they fail or when there's where there is an error in delivery, they blame themselves, like they take it to heart, they really think like, oh, this feels terrible. And the reason it feels so terrible is because they're thinking I should have done better, I should have been better. So we want to make sure that like, I don't want there to happen again in the future. But I'm still a good CEO, right? I'm still a good person. <laughs> like I'm not like a a bad person. But sometimes watch out if you are having those thoughts when something happens, especially if someone is unsatisfied or they don't get the results. Like that wasn't even this case. This was a logistical error. But if someone doesn't get what they came for, watch out for how you're making that be about you as a valuable person person or a a valuable service provider, or that your product isn't good, right? So I took my worth off of the table, I separated it. And then number three, now that you've owned the fact that there was a screw up, 
Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be in this situation? Versus the low quality question of how do you want to manipulate the situation? And that's where I see a lot of you operating from. The high quality question, I'll repeat, is who do you want to be in this situation? So I decided who I want to be is efficient. I want to get back to her and I want to solve it quickly. I want to take care of her. I want her to feel really held. I want to create a a safe space where people know that if there was an issue, even if I haven't decided exactly how I'm going to fix it yet, or it's not fixed yet, I sent out a direct message to her that day saying, Hey, apologies. I see that this was an oversight. Janelle and I are both working on it, but I want to let you know that I'm going to make this right. And what I ended up doing in terms of actions, what I ended up offering her a 30 minute direct one-on-one coaching call. She had missed the other call. It was because of an error on my part. And I love to feel I wanted to be someone who do I want to be in this situation. I want to be someone who's over delivering. I love to remind myself that as a CEO, I have the opportunity to over deliver when things are going great. And when things are not going great, just because you screw up doesn't mean that you are no longer someone who's over delivering. Do you follow what I'm saying? Picking up what I'm putting down over here? Yes, we always have opportunities. In fact, some of the best times when I felt the closest, the most loyal to brands are when I go to a restaurant something's just like not quite right. It's undercooked. I already feel awkward about sending it back. And I say something and they just take care of me. They're like, no problem. We're going to send you this and we're going to send you this extra little treat and it's on the house. Now there's no right or wrong way to solve it. Don't get into that black hole, right? You're going to make a decision and you're going to have your own back. That's going to be the last step. There's no right or wrong decision right? There's only the decision that you make right here. So you're going to make a decision about what you want to do. In this case, I decided with my client, Danielle, that I was just going to offer her a 30 minute one-on-one session that felt very generous. I felt like I was taking care of her. I sent her a direct message, not from my assistant, from me, just letting her know, Hey, we're handling this. You'll get a link soon, but I appreciate your patience. And I also gave her some insight being like failure collection happening over here. That's one of the things that I teach them to, to normalize, not to sweep anything under the rug or to say like, oh, it's no big deal if we mess up, but to say, hey, this is a part of the game and we're going to own it. And then we're going to focus on the future and how we could always do better, right? It's very different than saying like, it's no big deal. I mess up. I mess up all the time, right? But it's not justifying it. It's saying, okay, this is what happened with neutral honesty and then focusing on the future. Step one was look at where's the error. What happened in the first place to cause the screw up? Was it you? Was it a process? Do you need a policy? Was it that you've attracted a type of client that is not really a fit for your program or your mismarketing and your marketing and your delivery don't match? There's usually one or two of those things are happening. You want to know what it is. Number two, right? You're taking your worth off of the table. Number three, you're asking the high quality question of who do you want to be in this situation versus, or who does your company want to show up as versus how do you want to manipulate the situation so that they feel better or that they think highly of you or they do something, right? That is not a good place to show up from. And then four is, What's the result that you desire? What's the win-win here? So the win for me was that 
I wasn't running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I wanted to feel in contact with my clients. I wanted to get a plan going with my assistant. And I didn't want to have to do it that day. Because the truth was, we were reaching the end of the day. And I had a lot of personal things that were on my schedule that I I wasn't going to move. So I wanted to handle it. And I didn't want to interrupt my schedule to do so. And that was the win on my end. Now on her end, I wanted to make sure that I was offering her something that felt generous, that felt like an over deliver. Those are words that I use always to describe my programs, to describe me, to describe what I what I sell. I'm always trying to find ways to over deliver, even after I've sold someone something. I'm like, how can I over deliver? Especially when I screw up. I'm like, all right, here's my opportunity. Who do I want to be? How do I want to over deliver? So this felt like the perfect solution once I was clear what the result was that I desired. And careful if the result that you're looking for is for your customer to be satisfied. Ooh, it's such a slippery slope. It feels innocent enough, but that is a a tricky way not to show up in people pleasing, not to show up in manipulation, trying to manipulate so that your client likes you um, so that they feel or think something. It's really none of your business. You want to make it about who you are as a business owner, who you are as a company so that you can increase the value that you're offering. Sometimes you're going to do all the things that you feel right and the client will still not be satisfied. And those are those are tough moments in our business. But we have to be willing to understand as you're growing, there are going to be some times where people are like, Hey, I want to get on the phone with the CEO. And you're not going to be able to get on the phone with Jeff Bezos or with these CEOs who are scaling to a certain level. There's there's different solutions for each Some people are still always going to want to have something that isn't realistic or isn't the way that you want to deliver in your business. And for that, you have the final step, step five, which is once you've established who you want to be, once you've separated your, taken your self-worth off the table, once you've identified where the error is, so you can increase your efficiency and your delivery. Once you have established the result that you desire, the win-win situation, you're going to step five, make a call and have your own back. I made the decision about the email that I was sending out. It felt very generous to me. It felt like an over deliver. I loved it. If she came back and she was like, I want to talk to you on the phone. My answer would have been no, I would have actually um, down the line, but I wouldn't have that day because my priority was to my son and is to my family. And I already feel I already did the work behind the scenes to be like, I know I'm going to be taking care of her. And I'll explain to her when we have our one on one, if she needs a little bit more information on how it went down, but not in depth, right? Because when you have your own back, you don't feel the need to go and justify it. I'm also not trying to show up from a place getting her to like me. I'm showing up from a place of knowing that I'm a business owner who over delivers and then having my own back on it. It allows you to lean back when you screw up. It allows you to lean back when you're diving in and you're taking risk. It allows you to lean back when you're being spontaneous and you're saying, Hey, we're going to throw together this thing and we're going to throw it out there. And I think it's going to be great. I'm not really sure. We got to work out the kinks. We got to make sure that everything's moving and grooving and all the logistics and the technical stuff is all working. Probably something is going to go wrong and I can handle it. 
because I know who I am and I know who I will decide to be. There's nothing I can't figure out. These are such key core beliefs you have to have to be a masterful CEO. And the future version of you is not scared to go forward and make mistakes because you have this process. Fit and financial bootcamp. I know it sounds a little bit cheesy, but the truth is that on this show, we make decisions from our future self. And that is just rich and fit. She is. She's healthier and she's wealthier. She has admirable habits. I'm not saying that because it's just my goals, but because time and time again, in the nine years that I run the Letter to Yourself Future Workshop, I keep seeing these two habits and these two goals pop up in all of your letters. Whether you realize it or not, if you change nothing about the way you're showing up in your finances and in your fitness, you're trending in a direction. You're either getting fitter or fatter. You're getting richer or poorer. Those are just the facts. And I'm not doing it to try and shame anyone. It's neutral to me. Since you're here learning about how to create a big life and future, listening to this podcast, we want to demystify some of those things that we need to do to get there. And basic finance, your daily spending, saving, earning, investing, having, and giving, as well as how you show up regularly to move and fuel your body are not mysterious. They're actually just simple habits and simple, practical next steps. You probably just don't know what you don't know. And for some reason, unbeknownst to me, the three most basic and important life skills of how to think, how to treat our bodies, and how to grow our money are not taught in schools. It's the wild, wild west out there, people. So starting on Sunday, and again, this is going to be a once a year thing, unless it's like a crazy rave, and then maybe I'll bring it back twice. You guys loved the Rewire Your Time Bootcamp in this format where it was one week private, super intensive. I am laying it all out. I'm going to give you a list of all of the apps that I use, all of the steps that I take, things that you can change about the where you're putting your money right now, as soon as we start. And we're going to couple it with moving our body so that we are energized so that you are starting to see, well, what is the difference between fit me and unfit me? The person that moves her body daily the same way she brushes her teeth and the other person who's like, eh, maybe not, maybe tomorrow, right? There is a key difference. So I'm going to be teaching it to you. I cannot wait. You can go and you can sign up for Fit and Financial in the link in my bio on Instagram at Jess McKinley Wayno, or it will be a link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see you guys in there. We're going to get sweaty. We're going to get wealthy. It's going to be great. Today's shout out goes to Danielle from Good Intense. Danielle has been a longtime client. She came to me back in the day when she was a engineer with a pretty sick job. And she still knew that she had ideas that were just living in her brain and she wanted them out there. And when we came to work together, it was in the one-on-one capacity. And I came to find out that she had this killer idea to create a tent, a revolutionary tent, not just like some other cute branded tent. Like I'm talking, it is changes the way that you set up the tent. It is engineered to be thermodynamic. I don't know if I'm making that word up, but like weather proof essentially in ways that certain tents are not. And also it's 
eco-sustainable. It is all the things. And now, three years later, fast forward three years later, this product is about to launch. I have watched as Danielle has had the balls to leave her job, to go all in without a salary, developing a product behind the scenes. She showed up in ways that even I am like, would I have the balls to do what Danielle just did? It is so killer. Her belief in this product has is contagious. And now other people are starting to notice. Yes, I'm shouting her out for her general balls, but I'm also shouting her out because this week she had a huge win. She had a major music festival just sign on to have her be the vendor for the v- their VIP experience. They want her tents there. They want her to be the brand that is starting to change the game for these music festivals that are staying overnight in these tents. It's so cool. Please go over and check out Good Intense. You can check it out on Instagram. You can check it out on uh, social media, on Instagram, and certainly at goodintense.com. We'll put all that in the show notes because it is about to launch and her first launch will sell out. So if you're a camper, Get in on this, baby. It's about to revolutionize the industry. Congrats, Danielle. I just am so proud of you. If you've been listening to this show and enjoying these episodes, if a particular episode resonated with you, or if you just appreciate the effort that it takes for us to bring you these weekly episodes, I would be so grateful if you could take a moment to leave me a rating and a review. Your feedback not only fuels my motivation and is my substitute for coffee because I don't drink coffee. I know, shocking because I'm so hype. But also it helps others discover Sincerely Future You podcast. Whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, your ratings and reviews are like golden tickets that open the door for more people to join our amazing community. If you're not sure how to leave a review, don't worry. It's usually just a quick scroll or tap away. And hey, if you've already left a review, a huge thank you from the bottom of my heart. Seriously, your support means everything. Let's keep this conversation going. If you have any suggestions or topics you'd love to hear more about, or you just want to say hi, hey, you can always reach out to me on Instagram. I love hearing from you. Uh, You can reach me at Jess McKinley Wayno. That's J-E-S-S-M-C-K-E. I-N-L-E-Y-U-Y-E-N-O. I love hearing from each and every one of you. I always answer my DMs. So thank you for being the awesome listeners that you are. Now let's spread the word and make Sincerely Future You even bigger and better together. Let's go. The moral of the story of this episode is that it's okay to screw up. Not because you are minimizing it, not because you want to screw up, but because screwing up is a part of pursuing a big life and a big business. And it's not until you're in these situations where you're owning, hmm, okay, that didn't work. Hmm, okay, I did that wrong. Hmm, okay, now I need a process or a policy that you grow, that you get to the next level. This is what leveling up looks like. This is the dirty part, the ugly part, the part that people don't want to talk about. And I wanted to give you this episode so that you could see behind the scenes that there is a process for handling it. So you don't feel so scared to screw up. Instead, you can welcome it. You can go and take big risks. You can leap, jump, dive, and be bold because you know that at the end of the day, you know who you are, you know who you'll be, and you know what to do. Have a beautiful day.